0: It doesn't make sense to tell somebody to do something they do not know how to do on a timeline, which it's, it's literal nonsense, right? Because they don't know how long it's going to
1: take. They them can't to figure possibly. out
0: how to do what they need yeah. to do. <laughs> and so if you want to give a test to somebody that they don't know how to do, and you're confident they can figure it out, you cannot also couple that with with the deadline. <laughs>
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 367 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the web programmer.
2: I'm Sam and I'm the pixel popper. And
1: this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is June 9th. No, 9th? 8th. 9th? Uh, It's the 10th. mm -hmm. It's sort of like 10th. It's the 10th. It's the 10th. 10th. It turns out. Today is June 10th, 2022. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show, including profanity and us not knowing what day it is. Yep. Uh, So if either of those things upset you, then go away and get out of here. Uh, We'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you very much for your uh, monthly donations to support the podcast. Uh, So we got a few things to talk about few interesting things to talk about this week uh, first I want' to talk a little bit about I want to talk about siloed versus collaborative development and how easy it is to confuse one for the other mm. okay so okay. all right so paint me a
2: picture we, buddy all
1: right I'm so over the past you know whatever months we've we've talked about all these tools that we've been making Uh In particular, the Game Changer, which is something that allows us to edit the game from within the game. Uh, But one of the big challenges uh, for getting the Game Changer off the ground is that we already have a game. We already had Crashlands 2 and its game systems sort of like in an early state. uh, And once we had the Game Changer, it's like, okay, well, we've got to get all that stuff that's already there and bring it in to the Game Changer. So one of the most complex things uh, that we have in Crashlands 2 is – we call it our abilities system, but it's really just doing stuff. Uh, You want to do a thing? That's an ability, right? So you want to like – Any verb. uh, Yeah, you want to like get sap out of a tree. You want to fight a creature. You want to set something on fire. I don't know. Like those are all abilities, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was all handled in code. And uh, you could you know, kind of describe the different sort of logic and interactions that these abilities would have. Uh, so getting that stuff out into the game changer in a way that was uh, editable without code mm-hmm. was a really big undertaking because you need to be able to easily describe the logic of what you want to happen and sort of the mechanics of how this interaction is going to take place. So if you said like... Uh, hey, I'm gonna like have this jar and I want to uh, like use it on this kind like these three different kinds of plants as an option and uh, maybe I get some kind of like plant goo out of it, you know by doing that, right? So that's actually a pretty complex thing with a lot of like conditions and checks that you need to be able to describe of how that mechanically is going to work. But that same system is used to describe combat. And other things, right? So so I had spent the past couple of weeks kind of working through the logic of figuring out how do we get something this intricate and this complex. And, that general. Previously, and it's general, but also specific in some ways. Um, how do we get that, which was previously only described in code, and turn that into something That somebody can easily just build their own with drop-down menus and, you know, check boxes and stuff. Well,
0: it's not just that it was described in code, right? It was also, you had different ways of describing subsets of it in code, right? Yeah. So it already wasn't generic in the code. And now you're trying to figure out how do you make it generic generic and then (laughs) also take the code away, yeah.
1: Yeah. So so when I looked at this, um, I looked at it as a problem. The problem is, like,
2: we need to get the abilities into the Game Changer. And it also felt like the same problems that we've been doing on the Game Changer side, which is basically taking a known system that already exists and just sort of transforming trans- it. translate it. Yeah, into yeah. Game Changer style. So, so it didn't seem like it was like a big uh, pile of open-ended questions at all. Yeah, it's it's we have this
1: thing, we know how it works. Now we just need to describe it differently, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I I found myself as I was working through this this process just continuously getting stuck in these kind of self-referential loops where I would say, okay, I want to I want my ability to be able to do this thing because it, it can already do that in the game. How do I describe that in the game changer in a way that it's easily editable? And when I started to answer that question, I'd say, "Well, that depends. Yep. It depends on on what this else this other happened, this other kind of thing, and this other kind of thing. So, how do I describe those? And it turns out that those maybe didn't actually exist in the code uh, because they didn't need to, but now they should because you need yeah. You know, so, like, there, there's kind of all these these points where unanswered questions would keep popping up." Um, Because I didn't appreciate the fact that describing something in code for a programmer, which is me, right, describing Mm -hmm. stuff for myself to be able to edit in code is very different than trying to like modularly and flexibly describe something in human readable, just like plain English, Mm -hmm. right? So you actually need different ways of describing things. And you also may have more ways of describing things with like additional options and additional checkboxes and stuff.
2: Well, I think, and even beyond that, compared to the previous systems that uh, that you were doing this kind of siloed transformation process on, the reality was that it has been that- they They were simpler. Yeah, they were simpler. And so the abilities, the whole, actually a big part of- the point of the game changer came down to the original need for it was recognizing that because we had these abilities, which were themselves complicated, uh, that if we didn't have an ability to easily edit them, to make them, et cetera, then it would be, we would just be, we'd have a sort of obvious cap on our ability to make abilities, I guess, <laughs> to do interesting things in the game. Um, yeah. And so it was one of those things where it's like, it's, it's, uh, it the problem was actually just a fundamentally different kind of problem, but it masqueraded for a while as the same because it was like, oh, it's just another one of these to put over there. Like, let's just do this work again. Um, and so there's this long period of basically, yeah, every couple of days, Seth would come to either Adam or I and kind of like be like, oh, I think I, I can't figure this out. Like what's going on? We sort to work through a little bit. I spent a lot of time just every now and then just like get up and just walk around the house
1: just kind of being like, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> what? What? It's like I've already programmed this.
0: Why is I've it already so done hard? it?
1: Like it already exists. Mm-hmm. Why can I not just fucking get it described? And also, I was thinking about it kind of holistically, where, where like, for example, you know, we've got something in in the game that uses abilities that it ex- it creates an explosion, it leaves a scorch mark on the ground, it like deals a certain kind of damage, deals different damage to different things depending on what they are, you know, and I was also kind of thinking about this holistically, which is like for the abilities, quote, like for the abilities to be in the game changer and usable, we have to be able to make this explosion, make this scorch mark, make this smoke poof, like do all these different things and describe that um, there as well, right? So I had also been thinking about it as like an all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if it's like, okay, well, you need to be able to, you know, make smoke clouds shoot off, okay, well, that's a particle system, but we can't do particle systems in the game changer yet, right? So do I need to do, do I need to pause this and go do that? Uh, And so my first mistake was not, not breaking it down into smaller deliverables and thinking about it as like, it's okay if not every single thing is in the game changer yet. What's the, what's the minimum, what's the MVP? Like, what can we, what moves what us meaningfully abil-
2: forward, right? In yeah, like
1: way. what kinds of abilities do we have that are more straightforward and easily describable? Use that as a starting point, and then we can expand it once we actually start to use that, right? So that was kind of step one. Uh, but then step two for getting unstuck was basically saying like, I've been doing this off on my own, and anytime I come across these these weird circular reference questions, I always, I just, I just keep getting stuck, right? I need another person there to help me talk through those questions um, because it's also the case that, that like the game changer is something for other people on the team to use, like Sam. Mm-hmm. So Sam needs to be able to create abilities in there. Um, and if I'm just making a bunch of assumptions about how the abilities should be described – and I'm making a bunch of assumptions about trying to just exactly translate them the way they used to work in code and just do that same thing in in the Game Changer, then that actually may not be understandable anymore, right? So there was like a problem of, I, I hadn't roped in someone who was actually the target audience for the thing and been like, is this good? Like, does this make sense to you? Is this useful to you? Um, and so once we did that, once once we switch over to saying just MVP, let's get the basics in and just ignore the rest for now. Um, and let's do this collaboratively. So Sam actually kind of just paused his just art preparing. production stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so so we've just been screen sharing and on video chat for a couple of days this week um, where the goal wasn't, you know – to the goal was to basically say sam is just available Mm -hmm. and he's just there and so the instant i come across something where i'm like wait a minute this doesn't make any sense uh then we would just we just immediately talk through it right then and there right and so suddenly over the matter of like two days went from just this thing just being a blob of stuck kind of coagulated nonsense to fully working in the game usable debugged
2: everything right I think well, this so, is what's fascinating about uh, recognizing the structure of the work that you're in, right? And I think this is a challenge that I, mean, I, I think everybody goes through at some point um, as you're working on a project that has a lot of different parts to it, which is that you have to be keenly aware when these context shifts happen that should give you a step like prompt you to step back and ask, ask new questions about the work. It's no longer about like, uh, how do I get this done? because that's, you know, that's, or like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> but uh, it's basically a question of like, okay, go way far back and be like, okay, what's the goal with what we're trying to do right now? And then how, how do I need to work and how does my organization or my team need to work such that we can actually complete that goal? Because in this case, it was like, you know, I, I saw you flailing around for a couple of weeks, but I, I was also, I was too busy focused on my own little you know, art stuff. And so I wasn't like, let me take a beat and ask a question, which is, is what's happening here structural where it should be, would be easily solved if we shift modes a little bit? And is the priority of the studio getting this done? Because if the answer is like yes and yes, then obviously you just go do some pairing uh, as opposed to struggling through it like on a personal level, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: it's it's easy to, to judge. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of reminded of back when we first started working on the, the game pipe. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we did at the very beginning is we we tasked Sure with building the game pipe, right? We were just like, we need to be able to automatically deploy builds to QA and stuff, right? And so he looked at that, and just like I did with the ability system, he's like, okay, well, we need to be able to deploy builds, plural. What are all of the platforms? It needs to be automatic, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here's this checklist. I need to like I need to develop this like Steam integration thing. I need to be able to deploy to Google Play. I need to iOS and and there needs to be systems for QA. Like, we need automatic patch notes. Like, we need all these different things. And it was viewed as one thing. It was like, mm-hmm. the project is automatic builds. Or in my case, the project is abilities. abilities yes. right? Which is everything. In the um, game, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, so so he, get, he was stuck on that for a couple of months. And he was making a lot of progress, but mm-hmm. wasn't delivering anything because he was viewing it as one, all or nothing. Right? So eventually, um, you know, we had a, a chat and and we were like, just whatever, literally like whatever is the fastest thing to get a build deployed, right? So we just had a thing that just sent it to Dropbox. You just opened opened up the executable out of Dropbox. and Just on Windows. That was on Windows, yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, sure. We, we can't now, we can't automatically deploy to, you know, Google everything. Play and everything Anything, else, really, right? right? But we can now automatically deploy something
0: windows Well, and so. we fixed actually the core initial problem right because the core initial problem was actually that you had to make builds on your own machine mm-hmm. right yeah and so now you're spending yeah. your dev time just waiting for a build to complete and the moment and and for dev you only need that for windows right for yep. how we're set up yeah. in our shop right uh and yeah so that milestone milestone one you know um actually solve the problem that mattered in the moment, which was the thing mm-hmm. that impacted dev time. Bringing up time. Yep. And it made QA's time a little easier to manage, but not much, but we have way more slack there. So like, it's fine that it still isn't perfect. And even though we did need to be able to deploy readily, right. Uh, and on, the, on all those platforms and everything else, um, it didn't make those worse, you know, uh,
1: no, they were just the same as they always had. we had, we had a big improvement in one domain which is way better than zero improvements for a long time, right? And so I think there's something that happens, though, internally, which is like it's easy to think of, of a problem as all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's also really easy to um, think about, about collaborate collaborating with people as something that is expensive for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm stuck on this thing, but everybody's busy, and they've got things that they're working on, and I don't necessarily, like I sh- I should be able to figure this out on my own. And the fact that I'm stuck is bad. Yeah. And and I shouldn't now waste even more time by taking up somebody else's time to compensate for my inability to do this thing, right? But that's just that's not that's not good.
2: It's uh, the wrong, it's frame, wrong. Really, yeah. Because the question is 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 more so again what is the what is the overarching goal of the team? What is the team trying to do? And then who do you need to be doing what such that you can move that goal forward? So it's no, you don't have to be on this like personal responsibility train, which is, I think we're all very intensely trained up on that, which is like, it's just because I'm not working hard enough or I'm a dummy or whatever, you know? Well, Uh,
1: honestly, it's, it's, I don't know if it's even like, for me personally, it's not even a, like a vocalized or like verbalized, um, like, oh yeah, like I should be able to do this mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, It's, it's just kind of a it's just a feeling of like, like I just got to keep working on this thing, you know, <laughs> I just got to keep working on it and just like figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately if you go back and like think through it, it's like, well, like why is that feeling there? And why is it, why do you, why would I feel like it's just all
0: on me? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah Cause the fact is the moment you find yourself going in circles and feeling stuck, mm-hmm. like that moment, no matter what you're working on, like that's, that's when you say, okay, I need somebody's, Eyes on this thing, right? Um, and this this point that it's not it's not about you, you know, it's not a personal failing. It's not but and part of this too is this something that that I've had to talk to. Um actually half the people on the team about here and there, it was about the idea of because I've seen this happen over and over where somebody's like stuck, right? And at some point, like once they're unstuck, then I ask, like, oh, like why didn't you talk to somebody? Right. Mm And they're like, Well, I didn't really know what people's priorities were. And I you know, and like started circling that list and I was like that's not your job isn't to know that your job isn't to know what other people are up to, right? Your job is to be, mm-hmm. yeah. Talk to them domain. first. Yeah. So you and talk to they them. Can't, if they can't help you, then, then they'd be like, sorry, they won't. I can't help yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, yeah. so this idea though that like, that you have to somehow like infer and guess if somebody can help you or has the free time, or you have to guess about how the priorities are lining up and whether the stuff you're working on is high enough priority, you know, to be, to be the thing. Um, like that's even in a more structured system. Cause what I've been telling people too is like, talk to me then, Like Just tell me that they're trying to make this happen. Right. And that your CEO's job is resource allocation. Right? Yeah. So Cause that's, so, this is right. So differentiating between like your job as a person doing the work and then somebody else's job is, which could be you with two different hats, right. Of managing mm-hmm. the work. Um, it's really, really important to keep track of which one of those are because as the person doing the work, your job is to make the work get done, whatever it takes, whatever resources, try to get every resource you need to make that happen. Right. And it's the administrative job to make sure that the resources are allocated globally across the organization to optimize for what everybody's trying to accomplish. And so mm-hmm. if someone's going to say, no, don't talk to that person, it shouldn't be yourself, right? It should be, mm-hmm. it should be somebody who's actually does know what everybody is doing. Uh, and even then you, that person shouldn't just, stop it. No, they should, the next thing should be, okay, how do we help you get unstuck given that I can't free up this resource right now or whatever, right? right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, I, the reason that I think this is so interesting, is the same reason that when we started, started learning about DevOps, it was kind of like, um, it was like that meme of the dude's like head <laughs> like exploding, exploding into a galactic, <laughs> you know, where it's kind of like, um, it, it weirdly goes against most of our built-in nature to do the things that DevOps asks you to do, Yes. right? So when it's like, oh, yeah, small batch deliverables, just just continuously deliver tiny, tiny changes, right? And you think to yourself, like, yeah, but, like, I'm working on this huge-ass project. How, how could I possibly deliver tiny changes? And also, how could tiny changes be worth anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're tiny. There's nothing, right? Um, as, as people, we have a tendency to kind of really, like, categorize things in these big broad strokes and think of them in these grandiose terms, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna develop this entire system and it's gonna be amazing. And here's all the things that it has to do. And then once all those boxes are checked, I'm gonna
2: deliver it. And it's gonna be like <laughs> a champagne moment, right? It's sort of the um, homework model, really, unfortunately. You know, I mean we're trained in this, which is like you don't you don't turn in a math problem. Or or even like your or even like the first step of your math problem. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're always turning in what is supposedly completed work. It's a solution. Yeah. There's and then, schools schools, And then it failed or better it better didn't, better right? It's just, yeah. So it's like, you're not, you're not actually iterating forward in a way that uh, is in any way informed by anything, right? It's always big batch deliverables from day one. Yeah. And
1: frankly. it's always on you. And it's you always know, on you.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, even if you're in a group project, it's still always yeah. on you somehow. For sure. <laughs> I mean, that's the fact of it, yeah, is that, is that when you're working with a team, everything is on the team, right? The part that's on you is the part that you can control, which is given your Stuffing. knowledge, skill set, yeah. uh, it's whatever your – however your brain works, given all of those things, uh, have has the team applied you to the right problems, right? And then has the team given you what you need to solve those problems – And then, because it's really about, is the team's job is to figure out how to allocate all of that and then to make sure you have what you need. Your job is never to do that. Your job is to advocate for yourself and for your role. Yeah, so your job is to notice when it's wrong. Right. That's actually what your job is. Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, like nobody has sufficient information to know everything and nobody's perfect even if they did at (laughs) properly allocating Mm -hmm. things, right? Because it's all a dynamic uh, iterative process and system. And so it just requires communication of basically like, Hey, I'm trying to accomplish this, but I don't have what I need to do that. Uh, help, please. Right. <laughs> like, what, what is, what can we do here? And I think this, this reminds me of also the deadline problem, right? Because people treat deadlines as, because if you, you basically have like, if you're working on a project, you've got the project spec, you've got the timeline, and you've got the work hours required to complete the spec, right? Those are three things. And the work spec and the timeline or sorry, the work spec and the amount of time required to complete that spec are fully coupled and they are a fact, right? So you, what's so the deadline, a deadline doing can't there? dictate that, <laughs> right? It doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> it that doesn't make any sense. What a deadline is for it. is to help you choose what to change, right? Yeah, it's how to shape the work that you're even working yeah, on. Because the only things you can change if a deadline is coming up and it's not ready is to move the deadline. Or change the scope of the work so that the number of hours required to complete that work can happen within that deadline, right? Yeah. And people treat these not that way. They treat it as well. Your job is to figure out how to make that happen, right? Your job is to figure out how to do more work than is possible in this timeline, right? Right. Which is an absurdist position, right? Because that's not how that's not how time. That's not works. how anything works. Not <laughs> how <things> work. <laughs> yeah. And so it has to be that, and this all requires. Full uh trust, right? And and the assumption of everybody acting in good faith. But it has to be the case where if you are trying to work on something and you're looking at it and you're like, this cannot, this cannot happen on this timeline, then again, that's that's now not your problem because you've already done your job there, which is to say, given that I have been applied to this problem by the team and I cannot solve this problem with these constraints, now it's time to kick it up to the team and say. Now to to people. we need to have a conversation. Yeah. This is literally not possible. So what
1: About the problem trying? or about the constraints
2: or yep. about the resources. Or even or your understanding of it. Because you know? sometimes yeah. it is the case that you have a skewed understanding of it. Where you're like, oh, uh, someone could be right. like, oh, actually, if you do yep. it this way, it takes half much time. You're like, sick,
0: thanks. You know. Yep. But if you're not given any yep. time to research, if you're not given any time to actually talk to anyone, I mean, what do you... What, yeah, what? that's why you need slack yeah. time. That's why you need to be able to pull their people off from what they're doing temporarily to get other perspectives and help shift a thing. Because as we've said in the past too, the most useful things you can do with your time are to discover you don't have to do something or yes. to uh, revisit the solution and step away, step back into the problem space. Because mm-hmm. so much of what we're doing, and actually like what Seth was describing earlier of taking the existing ability system and then just like trying to map that on, right, to the to the new way of doing things was like fully living in that solution space of of we've it's solved true. it both of these we've solved abilities and we've solved how you like move it over here. Right. And being able to step back to that problem space, like you need the slack to do that. And that also usually requires somebody else to help come in with other perspectives because you can't always get yourself out of solution space. Right. Cause that's where, that's where your brain is. That's where you, you think you've, you think you've outlined all of the things and like, it's really, really hard both to kick yourself out of that and realize that that's happening, but also to find a new local minima, you know, like, this is, I mean, this is why typically you have, you, you try to actually set up organizations such that you have someone
2: who always lives high up or in the clouds, right? Where they're not, trying not to get too mired in basically the, you know, the solution space of stuff. I think in general is what you're supposed to be doing yeah. if you're on the director level, if you're on like a team lead level, wherever else. Um.
1: But I mean, this, this also just reminds me of like, we were listening to, what was that podcast we listened to Sam in the car
2: about oh, relationships? Uh, uh, it's the Vile Files, but it's Nick Ask Nick. It's It's like the little. Yeah, yeah, it's this guy. People just
1: call in to talk about their relationship problems, and we were just laughing because it's like, I mean, literally, like every problem, every single problem that people are describing uh, is solvable by by one solution, which is just go talk to the person. (laughs) Yep. Just just talk to them about this thing that you're talking to me about. Because it's always like, oh, yeah, I think that they want this, and I think this, and I'm assuming this, and I'm wondering how they feel about this, and I don't know if that. And it's like Mm -hmm. all every single one of those things is solvable by just talking to the person, right? So the same thing happens here, which is – like as we're talking about all these different uh, sort of like internally toxic ways to feel (laughs) about your work, it's always solved by just bringing it to the team, being like, hey – I'm stuck. Hey, this thing's going on. Let's talk about it. Right. And then, and then you've, you can solve it. But as long as you just kind of stay in your own corner, um, ass- making assumptions about everything, um, you're just going to be stuck there, you know, and it's just going to be bad. So just, just talk it out. Uh, yeah. So that's a good, good lesson for the mm-hmm. week.
0: I yeah, think. and also as part of that, I think the shape of a of a collaboration is something that is not obvious because there's lots of different oh, yeah. ways to collaborate. You had this so, earlier this week, with yeah, sure. Show. And I had a had, a, had some really interesting chats about this stuff because we spent uh, the latter half of last week uh, on a um, collaboration of of the, this project that we're working on. And what I needed from him was basically his expertise around like the game maker ecosystem. Right. Uh, And, and there, and so there there are two, there are two ways that I could have approached the problem myself, which is one is I could have spent a really large amount of time trying to plan out like everything I thought that I would need to know, which would include trying to guess into the space of like my unknown unknowns, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert in that domain. And so, but I could have spent a lot of time trying to figure out everything I could possibly think that I would need to know and then bring Sharin as like a, you know, an expert knowledge consultant and say, Hey, give me the answers to all these questions and then i could run off in a silo and go work on that yeah. right
2: and that, that sure. would be Except, the move if sure was if sure's time was uh, more basically prioritized actually for something studio wide that yeah. he needed all the time for right if he I, was, I,
1: I don't even think that would ever be the move because Adam doesn't have he doesn't know what he doesn't know. So the yep. instant he starts to actually solve the problem, he's gonna run into something that he didn't expect, that he didn't get onto his list in advance, and he's gonna have to rope sure in anyways.
0: Yeah. That's like exact. In the
1: first 10 minutes well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, trying to solve the problem. Yeah,
0: that was the this what sure and I were discussing was this this idea that like in a scenario where he was working on something like super high priority and I was not. Right. So mm-hmm. that. I had a lot of slack to basically iterate and then use a purely like sporadic feedback based approach, It'd but to be on my own. Right? Then that's where that model could make some sense because it's an extremely expensive model for the reasons that Seth just said. Uh, mm-hmm. For like, it's extremely costly to for my time. It's expensive for you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then it becomes large batch research. Cheaper for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then it becomes cheaper for <laughs> sure, uh, potentially. But the outcome is going to be worse because it's not. There's not constant small batch feedback as it goes, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't get unblocked quickly, and so on and so forth. So, so the result at the end of all that definitely won't be as good if I as if I just had a collaborator I had rapid access to. And it'll um, take longer by like an order of magnitude, I think. Yeah, and it'll take a lot longer. Finish. So, so because now they now given that that like you could take those two different models. The question is, how do you prioritize? Because as also as Seth was saying, like. It most it really doesn't make sense actually to use that model. Where you just try to guess all the things you need and and play that game that way because it is just so costly. Uh, but there might be a case where like two things have to get done. I guess yeah. right. But in that case, those are both now high priority things, which means really you just need to now allocate time and to kick out the timeline for both of those things, right? So that mm-hmm. the people involved can actually use each other's time to collaborate as needed. Because again, the team's goal is not to do the one thing, it's to do all of the things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And even if one thing is a higher priority than another, if it is at all possible to kick out its runway a bit, then that is going to be the better move for the organization so that even though this thing is now delayed because you're doing this thing that's supposedly less high priority, you needed to. You have a whole bunch of resource you're trying to allocate and trying to you know, min-max for, right? And that's actually the better global outcome Is is that one. Yeah. but so where did where did you and Shure end up? Because you guys had some cross wires here, though. Well, yeah, because right? then that was the other part of it too. Is that is that the like angle we were taking coming in is is without actually explicitly saying it? I just described what I wanted. Right, I was just like, oh yeah, can I? I just I just want your help while I'm working on this. Right, but I didn't say like exactly what that your help was, right? vaguely, buddy. Yeah, and you know? so and so sure was thinking of this as basically like a programming problem where we're like because in pair programming or any like direct collaboration between two people who are like equal owners of a project um, then the assumption is that you're basically there with the same knowledge and same skill set or to uh, develop those things so that you're basically just working with each other anybody can take the lead at any moment and you're sort of you're co-authors with full understanding of the right. project yes both yeah because that's basically what that is right And that's not what I was looking for. I was basically, I was like, I'm going to be in the weeds and the details, like trying to make this thing happen, but I need to be able to step out and basically say, Hey, I got stuck on this detail because I don't know this thing. Or to say at a higher level, since you'll be one of the people designing this or using this thing. And even if, even when you're not, here's how I designed this like higher level concept, this, this like way of using it. Right. I feel like it makes sense, you know, like that that kind of. So you stuff actually, you actually had a relationship more similar to how Seth and I pair
2: on stuff yeah. then, or collaborate, right? Which is yeah, that, which is like I'm not expecting Sam to know how to program in Game
1: Maker or yeah. anything about the systems that. But when it comes to these stuck points and design questions, then we can mm-hmm. talk about just just enough stuff to get him the context
2: that he can get me unstuck. Right. But the right. difference is, of course, that because I don't program, there's no expectation. I don't even have a personal expectation that I somehow know what mm-hmm. the fuck is happening. You know, on Seth's <laughs> side, on like as yeah. far as what he's doing, versus with Sure and you, you guys work in the same domain space a lot, and so yeah. So basically, then on Sure's side, he's reading this as like, oh, I need to be, I need to be equally capable of just sort of like if if Adam gave me the keyboard now that I could like hit the next just line take over. This thing you know, yep. uh, yep. which is which, a challenging
0: thing to to communicate, right? Yeah, well, especially if like even if we did have like exactly the same skill set, knowledge set, and so on uh he's stepping into a project that's a huge project that i've solo authored for a long time right so developing all the context in this project to actually then still be able to do that would be an enormous undertaking and uh but and so i wasn't thinking of it this way at all but Mm. i but it was very clear how how Him thinking that was reinforced by basically everything that I was doing, because I was like (laughs) sharing access to, because like the tool that I used to code has this like live server thing where two people can work on it at the same time, just like a Google doc, Mm. right? And so, and I wanted his eyes while I was doing stuff because there's a lot of like convoluted logic to deal with and I had to like undo a bunch of things. And so I also, you know, said like, I want to, I want to be able to, I want to get your help like as I'm going to make sure that I'm like hitting all of these things because it's just conceptually very challenging, right? And so all these things kind of reinforce sounding bored. Yeah. You know, you need
1: somebody to help, like, give you sanity checks in real time on stuff. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and but, so but, then we had these, like, two things to deal with, which is that he was feeling like he didn't have he – he felt like he wasn't contributing because he wasn't able to basically take the steering wheel, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so – and that was, like, an increasing burden he was feeling. It felt like he wasn't using his time well and it felt like he wasn't again he just wasn't contributing right and on my side i was just like fuck yeah this is perfect i was like getting everything that i need right and <laughs> he's uh, like i'm not i'm i'm worthless i can't do anything right. and you're like you're doing literally everything that i it's need like everything that right. i want yeah it's like that's but, but good those
1: that. those things weren't vocalized right yeah and t- so i think it was like you guys went through the week Um, and then I think, I can't remember if it was like end of day on Friday or beginning of the work week or whatever, um, where he had said something about like spending his weekend going through all the code and being like, man, I'm so behind. Like, I, I can't, I can't pick up this project and run with it in the way that I think Adam wants me to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he put all this pressure on himself to, to do it. Um, and then, and then you guys had a conversation about it. Where you clarified what those expectations were, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it's like that. It's real easy to get a weird idea in your head about what's expected of you or what needs to happen. And if you just talk to somebody, well, it doesn't have to. Be,
0: that's the thing. It doesn't have to be a weird idea, right? Because like, because well, actually, his, it was a reasonable. Idea. Idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Everything about his thought yeah, it was like it yeah. was all completely a reasonable set of of assumptions to make, right? Going through. Um, and and so yeah so you can you can see it's just so easy to fall into these traps yeah. of of things that seem obviously to be true right still very frequently or not like just very yeah, frequently you just, or not. what
1: you got to do is you just got to recognize like what our top studio principle is love the work right
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. There are
1: points where suddenly you're having a real bad time, right? <laughs> yeah. So like in my case it was this past week of like trying to do the ability stuff by myself or in Sure's case it was like over the weekend thinking like, "Oh my god, there's this thing that's expected of me and it's I can't it's, do it." It's not it's not reasonable to expect that of me. Yeah. So now when I he's, feel he's bad applying that to it.
0: himself, right? Instead of basically saying like cuz if he th- if, cuz if he thinking that the, that's what I was expecting of him, that's not possible. It's literally not possible. But his, yeah. And he doesn't,
1: and like what I was doing with the abilities, he didn't want to yeah. say, like, you know, he's thinking to himself like, I should be able to do this. Right. Right? Um, just like what I did when really like, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to do that. That would be a wild thing to be <laughs> able to do.
2: I don't think a person is able to do that. <laughs> right. So I think uh, I think the, the key point here is that, uh, you know, ownership of this problem is actually on both ends. Where on the, As long as, of course, we're talking about an organization where. You got a lot of psychological safety, right, to say some shit uh, in our studio. To say so, I'm having a bad time, yeah. let's talk about it. So it's yeah. either on the on the front end. So if you're a project manager, or if you start when you start collaborating with someone, yeah, you know, again, you take that beat to try to better shape how uh, how it is you're trying to collaborate with them, so that there's good clarity up front. But you can't always rely on that, and you certainly can't rely on it from other people coming to you because it's just sort of always a perennial problem. So then you have to rely on an organization where you have enough psychological safety to say. Hey, this uh, you know, this is this sucks a lot for X, Y, or Z reason, and mm-hmm. I'm confused, or it's unclear, or like something's just wrong here. Yeah, okay. on, and, well, and the well, part also, that sucks. even having
1: no reason, just being like, yeah, I could just
2: am out. not happy <laughs> yeah.
1: in my work, and I want to talk through it and figure out what's going on. Well,
0: yeah. and but I think that that important bit here is differentiating between um, something that you should be rising to and something that is not your problem, mm-hmm. right? Because. Well, we all deal with hard stuff, like as we're working on things, right? And we all deal with also stuff that sometimes kind of sucks, right? Yep. But being able to differentiate between like, oh, this thing sucks because it's like kind of tedious or or because it's something I haven't done before, but I do have the ability to go figure it out, right? I do have the resources I need to make this happen. Differentiate between that and the thing that I think I'm supposed to be doing, whether true or not, because sometimes it is true. Sometimes the thing handed to you is something that's impossible, right? Um That the thing I'm supposed to be doing, just like this can't, this cannot happen. I don't have what I need to make that happen. Without that being a value judgment, right? Because it could be that you that it's a that it's a skill mismatch that you just that you specifically can't do that, right? That doesn't change the fact that that thing cannot get done, and that's also not a personal failing. That's a mismatch Mm -hmm. of the thing assigned to you with the resources that you have available, right? Because we all have infinite stuff we do not know how to do or can't do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it also can be the case that you don't have,
2: which is very often. I think for people, you don't have an accurate read on your own skills. Truthfully, no, that's absolutely Both true. Both yeah. in a good way and a bad way. Which is, but again, this is where having a collaborator or you know having a, a team lead who's good at the coaching aspect of stuff who says like, yeah, I know this is a lot, and I hear your concerns along X, Y, and Z dimension. However, we can mitigate those with this, and I am a heavy believer that you are perfectly suited to this task. Right? Uh, it's mm-hmm.
0: again, you have to have that. It's well, it's never.
2: Clear cut, I guess.
0: Yeah, and in that case, that that also means that if you if you're confident that somebody who thinks they can't do a thing can, mm-hmm. they are going to need the space to try to do it, right? Like they're yeah. going to need the time, they're going to need whatever educational resources are required. They're they're going to need to be able to pull in other people who do know how to do that thing to get advice and so on, right? Uh, because if, if your if your response is basically no, 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 you definitely can do this. Also, but then also it, right? here's the here's the deadline stuff <laughs> and and the, when we're not changing the shape of it right uh, then like that can't work that's not a that's not a this is about actually just the realisticness of the of the task right which is it's not it doesn't make sense to tell somebody to do something they do not know how to do on a timeline doesn't make sense which it's, it's literal nonsense right cuz they don't know how long it's going to take they them can't to figure out how to do what they need yeah. to do. And so <laughs> yeah, if you, you want to give a test to somebody that they don't know how to do and you're confident they can figure it out, you cannot also couple that with, and, and here's, here's the strict <laughs> deadline. You can have a deadline that so says, if we don't we'll use make progress by here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, use the deadline to, f- to inform a check-in to now reevaluate and say, okay, what does the progress look like? Do we need to change the shape of this problem? And do we what need to change who's assigned to, to yeah. it? What did this person need? Like that's actually what should be happening: is approaching the work as like an ongoing process of reality checks of what are the resources the team and each individual has versus the problems that we think we're trying to solve, and how do we react how do we reallocate stuff, whether it's the problems or the solutions, to make this possible? Mm-hmm. Instead of how do we force this person to just like <laughs> to do this impossible thing and be mad when they don't, or make them think yeah. that they have to, they'd be mad when they don't. Yeah. So
1: just
2: uh. Communicate, you know,
1: we're all just, yeah, people. yeah. And, and I think just as one, as a kind of a final note on this thing, um, sometimes it is just really hard to tell. It like, is hard. Oh, I yeah. 100%. It's always it's, hard. To it's say. hard. It's hard to tell wh- when you've actually run into this problem or how, like, what the contours of it are. Right. But there's this kind of like canary in the coal mine for it, which is, are you pumped? Right. Like, are you pumped to sit down and like do the next thing uh, on, on the project that you're working on? Or um, like, do you have a, do you have a plan of attack that you're like ready to go in and just like do it? Or do you find yourself avoiding working on it? Do you find yourself like Mm -hmm. clocking out early, taking way too frequent of breaks to walk around and groan? You know, like um, if any of those things start to happen, that's a sign to start thinking about, like, hey, I should talk to somebody about where I'm at on this thing, even if I can't actually articulate it right now. But just like having a sounding board to kind of talk through what's, what I've been doing and where I'm like, how I'm feeling about it. That's yeah, tr- a fine starting point. Yeah. Trust Trust your feelings.
0: feelings. Yeah. Okay. And I think the strongest signal is feeling overwhelmed. Um, yep. Yes. Because that's the indicator that there's a big mismatch between what's ex- what is expected of you, either from yourself or externally or some combination of the two and what you can actually do and but, but and, yeah and, and, but it, trying to keep the judgment part out of it because your capabilities are a collection of facts right <laughs> right mm-hmm. the and the mismatch and like it doesn't like it should like there's a bunch of stuff i can't do it's a bunch of stuff you, there's a bunch of stuff everybody can't do there's a bunch of stuff we can do but are bad at there's like th- these are just facts <laughs> right Yeah, and it's really hard because like we use words like bad. It's got like oh, I'm bad at this thing, and it sounds like there's like you can't get away from the judgmental kind of overtones of it, right? But when it comes to this stuff, it's like yeah, just you have what you've got, got the skills that you've got, and it's the time that you've got, you've got the (laughs) time that you've got, right? Yeah, and and those are just facts and you use those as constraints when you're trying to figure out how to solve problems and what problems to solve and what shape they have to have. And if, if you do not shape the solution to match the resources you have, because I think people also treat this stuff like they, they treat these constraints stupidly, right? Where they'll be like, oh, our constraint is money, not people, right? That's how they do it. Where they're like, well, we're going to be out of money if we don't have it done by this date. So you just have to make that happen. They're basically pretending like the people are not a constraint. Right. Mm -hmm. We're
1: just infinitely expand to fill the work.
0: There'll be a gas requirements. That's called crunch. Yeah. (laughs) Where the reality is, is that the people are, are your only constraint. Like that's where the constraint actually is. And you need to match your stuff, not to the money you have, not to the time you have, but to the people that you have. Cause that's the only thing that makes any sense because they're the ones actually doing it. They're the ones actually doing the work. Yep. So unstick yourself, talk things out.
1: Be in touch with your feelings, you know, yep. and it's not a, it's not a problem and it's not like a sign of weakness or it's not a failure. If you've been tasked with something and you eventually just, you just feel like shit about it and you're overwhelmed and you, and you need to talk to people for help, like do it because it'll always get you somewhere better than where you're currently at. So uh it's probably a good place to wrap it for the week. Yeah, buddy. So, Uh, We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Koster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.